Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a terrific Thursday. I know I am. I'm so happy you're here with me. And I am also so happy about our guest today, Seta Araz Shahinian. And Seta offers a unique approach to the healing arts and has been in private practice as an energetic healer and alternative care practitioner since 2001. Although she has studied many modalities, her primary modality of healing is prayer in both English and Armenian. Seta is facile in identifying and addressing the varied obstacles, patterns, and constructs, past, present, and future, that may prevent us from accomplishing our objectives and or have contributed to the dis-ease that we seek to remedy and address. Special attention is given to energetic flaws, weaknesses in structure that result in codependency, as well as facilitating exorcisms, dissolving curses, vows, separation from labels, diseases, and other protection and others. Protection with intact boundaries and shields, childhood and relationship wounds, past past life regressions with rescripting, as well as many other varied ailments of mind, body, and soul. Additionally, she incorporates the multifaceted seven steps to abundance in addressing matters of love, prosperity, employment, health, and success, to name a few. Seta teaches her own modalities, two hands to heal, and the diligent application of deliberate intent as self-healing tools, along with providing her clients with recorded prayers for future use. Seta strongly believes in empowering her clients with tools and techniques that enhance self-advocacy, independence, and faith in oneself as well as God. She encourages the practice of prayer and daily communication with the Creator. And I have to tell you, so do I. Welcome, Seta. How are you you doing? Thank you. I didn't know you were going to read that whole thing out loud. I would have made it much shorter. No, no, it's fine. And it's so comprehensive. And it doesn't even um, hit the tip of the iceberg of what you do, how you do it, and how powerful the changes are. Um, so what I like to do, so first, welcome. I'm so glad we finally Thank got you, you Thank here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for hosting. <laughs> Thank you for sharing with the world and all that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I am really grateful you're here. But what I like to do is I want to start at the beginning. When did you realize uh, or start your path, your spiritual path? Were you a ch- did you know as a child you had your these abilities, talents, gifts, whatever you might call them? Or is it something that developed as you were in adolescence or later in life? You know, I had an inkling as a child because I would just, you know, now I would understand it as an energetic hit, as an intuitive hit, but really didn't access it so much until... Um, I was probably first in my 20s and then really after having given birth because my son um, did very, very poorly after vaccination and um, lost all speech mm. and, um, and really didn't speak until he was almost five. And wow. at the time, the doctors basically, you know, I remember going to the foremost physician in, in Manhattan that I waited almost a year to get an appointment. And this is in 1994, 1995. Paid $950 then. Oh, my. And all she did was say to me, um, you have to learn sign language. Your son is never going to speak. Or uh, use a computer-facilitated tablet because it's never going to happen. And I just always have felt that if there is a problem that we have in life, that God always will offer that solution and we have to persevere. And I started my search. And I want you to know that there was no internet at the time. So a lot of it was a far more difficult search than I could have imagined. But God really did answer my prayers. Um, I had been uh, to Brazil visiting my cousin, and she was doing a lot of lab work out of Chicago. And, uh, and I said, how is it possible that you're sending, you know, your urine and hair and blood all the way to Chicago? She said, it's the foremost lab. So when he um, was encountering difficulties and had loss of speech, 
Um, and they told me at the time, you know, that he was on the spectrum and that he needed massive doses of vitamin B6. I said to myself, well, I'm not going to give that to him until I verify that it's actually true. So I happen to remember the name of this lab. It was years later. And um, it just so happened that John Pangborn was the biochemist there. And he had actually done blood work on more than a thousand children on the spectrum. And he told me, you have to take them off of dairy and wheat. And, um, and that's exactly what I did. So first I started with dairy. Within 24 hours, my son started babbling for the first time in two and a half years. He had been completely wow. mute. And then afterwards, um, within five days, he began to speak single words. And within a month, he was speaking in sentences. So, um, Isn't that amazing? And yeah. so how did this tie in with your intuitive abilities? Well, I ended up thinking that this obviously he uh, has some kind of an allergic constitution, right? Yes. And, um, but it's impacting the brain. You know, the vital force, when it's very, very strong, will exteriorize the disease, will get, you know, the sniffles, the eyes will turn red, your skin might break out in hives or rashes. But if your vital force is not strong and you are having an allergic reaction, you will only experience it, you know, on the level of the organs or the central nervous system. So, for example... Um, somebody who might have asthma might also be very allergic or somebody who might have um, ADD, which is definitely on the level of the central nervous system, um, undoubtedly has allergies. And people don't believe it because they say, well, I didn't see anything. I don't see anything on the skin, but it's not going to show up on the skin because an allergy can impact any organ system. I agree with you. It's funny, and, and I know this, we're veering off just a little bit, but I listened to an um, interview with Dr. Anthony William, and the interviewer said, what are the five worst foods a person can eat? And he said the worst food, the one worst food, and this is the only one he got out, was egg, because egg feeds pathogens. Eggs feed this and that. And I have nothing against the egg, in, you know, the egg business, and I don't want any mm -hmm. re replay. This is just I'm repeating what Dr. Uh, what Anthony, not Dr. Anthony Williams had said. And mm -hmm. I thought it made so much sense the way he explained. And I think that dairy, gluten, there's so many things, food items like that and environmental I mean, that affect people that they're not even aware of. We should be able to encounter any type of stimuli in our environment or ingest it and be in accord with it and be comfortable with it. But, you know, the, the level of allergies right now, it's, it's an epidemic level of children, actually. I think it's one out of 18 ch children who can actually die from some kind of an anaphylactic shock. And so what you have to ask yourself is why is the immune system so unregulated? Why is it so hypersensitive and overreactive? And I believe that the vaccinations are being given at too early an age. Um, the immune system isn't mature until after the age of two, and we're not, it's not developing properly. So and what I'm hearing is, and what is in the fluid that they call the vaccine, the vaccine, what is actually in it? Oh, and, everything from formaldehyde to foreign DNAs to you name it, but mercury toxins. Yes, it's like drinking tap water. You know, I haven't had tap water since 1999, but it's, but I mean, it's just filled with so much stuff that you don't even realize is in there. And you're giving it to these babies who haven't even developed immune systems yet. Yes. You That's know, why we're supposed to breastfeed, right? I mean, technically it's because your baby doesn't have an immunity. So how is it that, that we're receiving a hepatitis shot the first day of birth, uh, is it because we're having sex or we're shooting up needles or we're eating shellfish? I mean, it really doesn't make sense in a compute, completely undeveloped immune system. I mean, there's something barbaric about this. There is. And I really, I'd love to continue this conversation because I, I know, but that's how we're supposed to But talk I want to talk about, yeah, I know. I know. So I want to talk about you. I want everybody to but learn anyway, about you because. Happened, as, I, as I searched for healers to help my children, I ended up feeling that I had the senses to understand what was going on, you know, that, um, and then I developed, I learned and learned. And then after that, and I studied, and then I just completely started downloading all of the things that spirit wanted me to know and understand and share. And one of the things is simple, a, a daily practice. Is it a daily prayer practice? Is it a daily meditation practice? I know that it's daily practice. And I know you're big on prayer. Prayer uh, is yeah. very, very uh, integral yeah. in your life. Yes, because um, we're not supposed to do it alone. You know, we were born into families. We're born in communities. Um, just ponder this, okay? Every other animal 
on this planet is independent at a very young age. But the human animal is so dependent and, you know, well past 18, really, if you think about it, you yes. know, not just financially, emotionally, but in so many different ways, you know. It's so and, true. and it's because we're supposed to really understand that we are a part of a community. If you, if you take a five-year-old and if that five-year-old, for example, um, is recalcitrant and chooses not to come down to dinner when, you know, the mother calls them or the father has prepared a wonderful meal and the child says, no, that child does not have the ability um, to go shopping on their own. <laughs> they right. don't have the money. <laughs> they can't buy the food and bring it home. They can't even reach the counters to prepare it. So they're going to suffer by not surrendering, by not accepting help, you know? And this is, uh, Spirit said to me, if, if a parent is the parent of your body, I am the parent of your soul. And so I want you to ask me for help as well, because for me, you're all five-year-olds. So we're climbing this mountain without assistance. And if we just ask for help, it makes life so much easier. And there is help. When you ask for help, it shows up. And, and yes. it's something that people, and, but is there a special way to ask for help? Yes. First of all, never, ever, ever complain. Never, you know, um, because the law of attraction is exact and precise and actually even amplified more so when we are praying because we've already elicited the support of the universe. You we're in everyone in with the universe. <laughs> and now all of a sudden we're complaining and complaining and it's not going to work out. Um, it's, it's actually going to further uh, exasperate the problem that you want to resolve through prayer. So a beautiful way is I think to start a prayer is with gratitude. You know? I agree. I, that's what I do every morning. If I can't get past anything, it's the gratitude piece. Yes. Because, you know, you have to, even if you're going through a bad time, you know, you might be broke as a joke, but you still might have a roof over your head or food or friends that are taking you in and taking care of you or some sort of public assistance that can help you. There's gratitude for all of this. And that's a stepping stone for openings, in my opinion. Do you yes, agree? Because, you know, God honors free will and there is no, he will not intervene until asked. So we have to actively ask and know. Um, in my opinion, the ability to pray, the gift of prayer is the only unique true equality that exists in the world. Because in no other way are humans equal. You know, some are born with disabilities, some are born to poor families, to rich families, to abusive parents, to loving parents. But yes. every single soul because they have a soul, which is an aspect of God within them, is intrinsically linked to, linked to source. And therefore, they have the opportunity to pray. I, I make a, an analogy to the computer, right? I, if I have, I have Wi-Fi, that's my yes. soul. And so I have access to the computer and I can ask uh, a question of Google. And Google starts with G-O too. I just think that's a little <laughs> bit interesting. And Google can answer 4 billion people simultaneously, which I also think is interesting. And... And we get a response very quickly. But if we don't ask the question, how do they know to answer anything, it? Right? We right. don't have the information we need or the support that we're requesting. So I know you have a prayer that you want everyone to incorporate into their life. So would you please share it? Thank you. I even timed it. It's like 30 seconds. That's okay. And it's God, creator of all, please oversee and bless planet Earth and preserve all life the environment, and all habitats, so that we may all live and thrive in peace and harmony now and in the future. Thank you, God, for lovingly answering our prayers. I love that. When I read that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm incorporating that into my life because it's, it, it yeah. encompasses everything for 30 seconds. You know, you could take 30 seconds out of your day and say this a few times because it is so important to... I Get that, yes. get that out there. And it raises your vibration. And we talked about the law of attraction, right? And so when, yes. you know, everything meets you where you are. So if your vibration is high, your attitude is high, you're you've got gratitude, it meets you up there. Agree? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I was told in prayer that you please encourage people to pray because we're at a critical point. We're at that juncture where, the more prayer we have, the more spirit is able to help us, the more the creator is able to support us and maybe, you know, change the outcome. 
How do you feel about 5D, you know, coming into play and prayer and manifestation? The fifth dimension. The fifth dimension. Hmm. So, um, I think that it's intrinsic to prayer, right? You can't separate it. When when we pray, we, I'm always in to to be on the past, present, and future, and in all dimensions and all directions of time and space, because it's not just about the now. You have to know, like right now, this is linear. My my future is in front of me. My past is behind me. But when we pray. The perspective of source is from above and above can see everything simultaneously. They can even see the probable path, right? That we are going to be following if we continue in the same manner based upon the thoughts, words, and deeds that we've already planted in our future. But sometimes people aren't very careful with what they say. So true. And they or do or think. Or do or think, which is all important because it encompasses yes. what you're saying. I'm yes. sorry, I had to interject that. So go ahead, please. Yes. No, no, please. So so a lot of times people end up being in a little bit of a panic about, uh, oh, my God, I just ended up saying a million negative things and how am I going to undo this? Because if they're really conscious, they understand that the law of attraction is always exact and precise and constant. So yes. I have included on my website – um, a prayer uh, that people can access. It's a short prayer, but if you're conscious at that moment that you've made a mistake, um, you can recite this prayer. And basically the prayer is, Lord, I am your servant. I remain in my faith asking for your guidance, your grace, and your mercy. Please correct the error of my ways and instill your light and love within me, illuminating me as I live each day in your holy presence. I love so, that. And that is in your, your, your website of www.ehealings.com? It is. Okay. So everyone, you know what? We're taking a break right now. But while we're breaking, please go to, go to www.ehealings.com and find the prayer. And it will help to... Offset negate. anything. Ne- negate. Thank you. Right. I, I was losing my word, but negate. It's okay. Yeah, any, you know, because we all have negative stuff. So we'll be right back. Hang on. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive, ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life. Have certainty in yourself and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. 
to reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am so excited that you stuck around, or if you haven't, that you tuned in, because today we've got Seta Araz Shahinian. Did I do that correctly? Good. Okay. And Seta is amazing. She is an energetic healer and an alternative practitioner. She is about prayer. She, I mean, we just, we just are so parallel on so many of our beliefs and, and how we think. Um, she has incorporated, she incorporates her seven steps of abundance in addressing matters of love, prosperity, employment, health, success. And she also teaches her own modalities, two hands to heal and diligent application of deliberate intent. Mm-hmm. Let's welcome Seta back. Hello. Thank you, Marlo. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. So we were talking about prayer. How do we see, receive the answer to our prayers? You know, just as the creator is invisible and that world is invisible, so too are our energetic receptors invisible. But they're very much there. Have you ever, for example, been at a red light and you can feel somebody's gaze upon you and you turn and you see that the man next to you is looking right at you or the woman and you have energetic receptors going through two doors, two windows, whatever it is. I mean, it's amazing the accuracy of these receptors. We have trillions of receptors. We have meridians. We have chakras. We have, I don't want to go into all the explanations, but we have so many, um, the energetic highways are really the means by which we receive the answer to our prayers. Because what I see when we pray is I see a kaleidoscope of geometric shapes. I see sacred geometry. And I see that it rains light upon us. And it looks exactly like fireworks. In fact, I always imagine that the person who invented fireworks must somehow have been able to see that because it's what it looks like, but all different colors. And wherever the area that requires the most sustenance through prayer, that's where the light, like a laser oftentimes, will be targeted. So when we create patterns through constantly indulging a negative thought, um, when we pray like a laser beam, it shaves it off a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time until we actually experience freedom from that negative pattern. And negative patterns can follow you through lifetimes. Yes. First of all, if, if I were to indulge something negative and repetitively, the same thing over and over again, I'm actually, every single time I think that thought, I am placing a seed in my future and I'm waiting for time to elapse and that seed to come to fruition and manifest in my life. Now, if I have that same thought once or twice or a hundred times, a thousand times, if it becomes pervasive, and it spreads everywhere, then I'm in trouble because now I've actually cursed myself. And And my will alone can't can't overcome it. So it's what's called a curse of individuation. And the problem with curses of individuation are that when we get pregnant, we pass them on to our children, just like we pass on our physical features. Um, And then if it's a very prevalent curse, when we pass on, it stays with our soul. And in our next lifetime, it becomes what I call a contractual limitation. Now we're obligated to experience that limitation early in life. That's why, can you imagine if we could just be a little bit more aware of how we speak, what we say, the seeds we plant, just coming from love and forgiveness, trying to live more in the now, letting go of the past, not thinking so much of the future because you know, we, we don't have the power to impact our future other than perhaps studying or learning or evolving, but I'm talking about on a day-to-day basis, right? I can't, I can't impact my life 20, 20 years from now today because I'm living today. I have to wait for 20 years later to happen, right, so that I can really take action. We can only take action today. And we have to take action today. And there's free will. So what you might be, you know, the reason you don't know it's 20 years, because 
the flow of your river can change direction so many times because of the free will and what's going on, correct? Yes, yes. So to worry about something and to become anxious about something that's going to happen even two months later or three months later, it is it is a waste of your effort and your energy. Because we have it's finite the energy that we have. We have to use it wisely. And yes. the more we prepare ourselves today, um, the more um, the more powerful, the more empowered, and the more successful we can be. You know, I wanted to also say one thing about uh, the power of intention. Um, as mothers, many times mothers can worry or be concerned about their children. Yes. If you worry excessively about your child, you are sending your child negative energy. And that becomes a burden for your child. Instead of worrying about your child, you can pray for them and say, God, please help my child, assist them through this, whatever it is they're going protect through. Them. Direct them, guide them, protect them. And a lot of times I'll literally put my children in a in a hot air balloon and I'll send them up to spirit, to God, and I'll say, please take care of them. So it's you're actually doing something that's constructive versus sitting there in fear or worry, burdening yourself as well as your children. So true. And I have to tell you that I um, I put people in bu- bubbles with that are, and I fill them with pink light, fill it with love and compassion and mm-hmm. send it back to them yes. because that works as well. Yes, it does. And in the same way. So how does one person's prayer become more effective than another's? You know, um, it's based on the frequency of the person themselves, right? Yes. So if you think about how much love a person has, love has a far higher frequency. If I have so much love within me and I'm speaking from a place of love and uttering that prayer with love and vibrating with love, it's going to be amplified. But if I'm so angry and I'm praying, but I'm really, really angry and sometimes people get angry, no matter what that the frequency of that person, the vibration is lower. And so that prayer is actually less effective. Um, It depends on how receptive we are, uh, how much we consider ourselves to be worthy, how much faith we have, sometimes frequency of prayer, service. I think that, that we are rewarded exponentially when we are in service. It's almost as though the person in service has an, a microphone and their prayers are heard more loudly. And I actually did hear that spirit said that to me. So that's one of the ways in which we are rewarded when we are of service. Interesting. That's great. So is there, do you have any suggestions for somebody whose frequency might be a little bit lower? They might be a little stuck on how they might start turning their, their, what am I thinking? Um, turning it around for themselves, like raising their vibration to start being less negative and start throwing out positive, you know, even fake it till you make it. But do you have any suggestions for people who are sort of stuck in their negativity and they don't even realize they're stuck in their negativity on how they might be able to turn things around? And, you know, the first answer to that question is actually developing self-awareness. You know, what did I just say to myself in the last hour? Was I positive? You know, was my mindset something that's productive? Do I actually really want my thoughts to come to fruition? Or if I look at them from an outside perspective, am I going to be frightened that they are going to come to fruition? You know, so self-awareness is very key. And once you're self-aware, sometimes it can be as, you know, God, please negate the consequences of my incorrect thoughts, words, and deeds. Reverse them. Um, and you can actually do the opposite. If you know exactly what it was that you planted, the negative seed was, you can say a positive affirmation with more intensity and more frequency. But to be honest with you, when the pattern is on the level of a curse, we need to pray. And there is a series of prayers, and it probably would take several hours or possibly even several days. And if you think about how many days or years it took to create the curse in the first place, Right? You would understand that there has to be some um, investment of time, effort, and energy. But I will tell you, the grace of God is definitely the shortcut. It because is a shortcut. Even though it took us maybe 10 years to create the curse, uh, he can really, in one sitting, through earnest prayer, devoted prayer, and faithful prayer, 
uh, reverse that outcome. It's almost like gaining weight. You don't gain all, you don't get the LBs, you know, overnight for the most part, unless you have an allergy to something and you inflame. Yes. So losing them, you have patience because, you know, you just do it over and over again, just like working out or just like watching your calories to lose the weight that you've put on. It doesn't happen overnight. So just be patient. I guess what I'm saying is for everybody who out there who's listening to this, if this resonates with you, be patient. And know that you, whatever you're doing is being heard. So make it positive, make it supportive, make it loving. And just remember, it's going to take its time. But ask spirit to show you that you're on the right track for something concrete each and every day. And maybe somebody gives you a kind word or, or does something nice for you. I mean, do you agree with this? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I haven't done um, webinars as many, as many as I should, but when I was Given this prayer, they said, okay, said that time to get going. And I do have some webinars that are coming up, and one of them will have to do with curses. So if we recognize that we have patterns that are so concrete that we can't sort of get out of our own way, um, the person eventually can tune in and hopefully participate on that. And it will be a healing. It will be, you know, just the equivalent of a session that I would do privately because I understand, you know, we're limited in the amount of time that we have to see people one-on-one and that we have to, the need is so great actually to have um, freedom from these binding uh, negative and constricting states and conditions that we need to provide the tools. So tell us more about this. When is this, when is this webinar going to happen? How do people get in touch with you for the webinar? This is important information. (laughs) Yes. It's not up yet, but it will be up and it will be available. Probably I'll make it available on Facebook um, or on, um, E-Healings, www.ehealings, and okay. you can register at the time and hopefully have access to it afterwards as well. But I do want to say that on December 28th, I, I, want people, I would love people to register. I want to have a slightly lengthier um, prayer for the world. Oh. And um, if they actually provide the emails, then I can give the, the prayers in advance so that they actually they have it in their hands and can partake and utter the words in unison. Which is Global consciousness, goal. raising the consciousness yes. as a unit, as a single unit. It's exponential. Unit. Yes. It's not one plus one equals two. It's far more exponential. And it's powerful and it works. And yes. we want to shift what's happening on so many levels. And it's going to be at one eleven p.m. because I always think at one eleven spirit takes a snapshot of everything that's emanating from us. And I want the snapshot to be a collective prayer for the world. And that's one eleven Eastern time? Yes, thank you. For the yeah. <laughs> not everybody, not every, because you know, one eleven to you might be, and somebody will say, yes. "Well, I missed it. How come? I'm here. It's one eleven. <laughs> so we want to know. So one eleven in one place will work universally as well. Correct. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I do. I do want to say that. Um, and then actually, I'm going to have one. Excuse me. <clears throat> On codependency afterwards, oh, um, because for so me, it's on, it will be on January 18th. And the one on codependency, it's, codependency is intrinsically a structural issue. And many people don't understand how much structure impacts our lives. Our energetic structure um, facilitates all of our endeavors. And if you can think of it as a container, we are able to hold on to resources or we can't. And if our structure is shattered, then we have very little ability to move forward uh, paralysis ensues, and um, we go into survival mode. And at that point, once we're in survival mode, we begin to embed uh, aspects of ourselves in other people. And so in order to alleviate codependency, we really have to extract ourselves from others. It's much more complicated than that, but that's a summary. Um, I think I think those are brilliant that that you're doing these these uh, webinars, and I feel I I know a whole laundry list of people that I want to tell about this too because, you know, I love them. I want them to succeed in life. I want them to be happy in life, and I know that your courses. I know intuitively that your courses will be very powerful to help people as long as they're open to the process yeah. and not coming in with a closed mind. That's very, that's important. Yes, yes, because intention drives everything, right? Um, That's why it's so important, for example, even with labels. If somebody has a disease state 
and they believe that that's a part of their identity because they've labeled themselves negatively. I have blank, blank, blank. Right. Do you know, it's so difficult to extricate themselves um, from disease into health because they have a label on themselves. You know, there are so many very basic, basic things. Uh, you know, one of the seminars is going to be about vows. I realized that a lot of people, obviously, are not with their original partners, but they were married, they had vows. Sometimes it's even a vow from the heart. And then they move on, they get divorced. But those vows are still actually very active. So there is a lack of vacancy in their next relationship. And they're not really as open as they think they are because they still have vows to somebody else. And they don't even know how to negate those vows or, you know, render them null and void. So it's, there are so many little nuances of things that can impact us. And we don't even know that we're abiding in, in this restricted terrain. And we think we have free will, but meanwhile, we've already promised our love to somebody else and we don't even know how to get out of it. You know, It's true. And so we're going to come back more about and talk more about this and the vows when we come back. But right now we're going to go take a break. Um, if you're on YouTube, stick around. If you're not on YouTube, stick around anyway because Seta is here for another segment. Also, if you want to talk to Seta, Seta, I'm sorry, uh, 888-346-9141. I know she'd love to talk to you and answer any questions you have. So stick around. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive, ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections, the connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. So, I just love Seda. We've been having the greatest conversation today, and I'm so glad you're here to be a witness to it. Uh, Seta Araz Shahinian is an energetic healer and an alternative care practitioner. She has amazing information She's her work is so powerful and she has powerful messages. But before we bring Seta on to continue our conversation, it's charity shout out time. And okay, charity shout out time. So, 
Sita's charity is halotrust.org. And why don't you tell us about Halo Trust? Am I saying this right, Halo? Halo? Halo Trust, yes. Halo Trust. Uh, Two years ago, I was in Nagorno-Karabakh, which is an adjacent autonomous region outside of Armenia. Um, And we, we went on an excursion and we... I saw halo, halo, halo. And of course, it's a word that draws, you know, I think of halo like spiritual. And so it drew my attention. And what I realized was that um, it is an organization that is doing profound work. A lot of regions that have been war-torn and have seen many years of conflict, so many landmines have been planted. And animals, children, unsuspected people, they're just destroying their lives. They're becoming amputated. They're, they're dying, and the landmines have to be found, and they have to be removed. And there, I don't think that there is enough attention on this because it can be something that is simple that can really uh, relieve a great deal of harm, uh, the potential for harm, if we have, they have enough money and enough resources. And they're working in 25 countries, so it's not like it's one country. It's, it's, it's much more prevalent than we can ever imagine. People being amputated and dying just because they don't, uh, they walk in an unsuspected area and there's a landmine. And so, they don't see it coming, but they have, they don't see it coming. Yeah. And I saw so many disturbing pictures and so many children and it's just, it's, you know, I pray for them. And here's what actually comes to, I'm not, I'm going to change the subject, but not change the subject, but okay. I'm going to go to the next step when we talk about death. So we have people dying, uh, having, encountered these landmines and generally speaking when people die from an accident oftentimes they don't go to the light you know the soul remains in a state of shock and um and i once read a statistic recently that only 24 percent of people these days are having religious services um at the time of death as there has been a movement away from organized religion except that when it comes to a funeral For example, the word funeral in Armenian means to direct. I see the cords to earth being cut. I see the person who has passed being bathed in light. And I see the person being escorted to the light. So it's not a given that your loved one, when they pass, that they will automatically go to the light. A lot of times, sometimes the person might be afraid. They might not know what's on the other side. They might be afraid or concerned about leaving their loved one. Um, and they just hover. And unfortunately, um, there is an epidemic of souls not going to the light. Now, one of the places where people die oftentimes can be in a hospital. And so I find that people who are visiting hospitals who have a tendency of not being fully present, um, either because they're in pain and they're on morphine and they want to escape or because a, pa- a loved one is passing, whatever the reason is, or because they themselves are, are drug addicts or alcoholics and they're trying to escape from you know, the drudgery of their lives and the pain of their lives. These people are truly suspect to um, an attachment, an attachment of a deceased soul that will actually change the entire quality of their life from that point onwards. And they Is won't there- even know what hit them. They'll go to doctor after doctor trying to figure out why they're feeling horribly and they won't know. Because not everything is on an ailment of the body or the mind. There are ailments of the soul. soul. It's true. So is there a prayer that uh, one could say at the time of their, their loved one's passing that might help them go to the light? I think that, yes, of course. Um, Archangel Azrael is the archangel, for example, in charge of escorting and helping Mother Mary and Jesus and God. You have to pray. You're, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. And the problem is so often that the person, you know, sometimes the loved one begins to pray to the person who has passed. And that person who has passed has limited abilities, you know. Sometimes we don't let them go and they hover around us because we can't let them go. But that is not for the highest and greatest good of the soul that has passed. You know, they have a journey that they have to go on. So we have to learn how to let go. Um, and, and we can't uh, assume that they have the capacity to help us. They can actually help us most by praying for us. And if they go to the light, 
they can pray for us even more from the light, but not hovering around us. Um, but it's not, it's not even that. There are so many people, for example, um, I recently had the unfortunate experience of working with um, a widow and her husband, who was somebody that we would never suspect, okay, had committed uh, suicide. But when I looked at the soul, the soul of the man who committed suicide, praying that he would go to the light, I saw another soul, actually two souls attached to him. And the one soul had committed suicide and had, was constantly encouraging him and feeding him and giving him thoughts to commit suicide. So it wasn't even of his own volition. It was almost as though he was really possessed, possessed and overwhelmed by the will of this very dominant soul who had committed suicide and was imposing that on him. And thus, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry, was the soul a relative or somebody no, he might have known? Nobody. No. So just a stranger soul. A I, stranger don't know soul. I don't know how else to <laughs> say it. Attached yes. to somebody and it's like, come on, do it, do it, do it. Kind of. I, I won't even go far. I, I just two weeks ago, uh, there was a, a mother who, who came in very concerned about her um, 11-year-old who was talking about hurting himself, which was a very, very new conversation and had begun to listen to uh, <clears throat> heavy metal death music and this and that. And she was very funny. She said, you know, she said, we come from a nice Jewish family. She said, we don't listen to music like this. <laughs> and, um, and she couldn't even recognize him. He looked so different. He, he appeared different to her. And you could see he was concerned. And his personality uh, had altered. It was altered. And I said to her, I said, I can see that there is a, a, a soul that overdosed at the age of 16, a young soul attached to him and is giving, planting thoughts of suicide. And literally, after the soul was released, the child reverted back to its normal state so how does this happen? How do these stranger souls attach to other souls and try and get <coughs> control of their mind, so to speak? Because it is a sense of mind control. It is. Well, you know, it's it's a kind of possession, right? Yes. Um, I believe it happens because the soul themselves is not fully present. That's why before we go to the hospital, for example, or before we go to areas where we might suspect that there might be many, many souls. A cemetery, for example. Many times there are souls hanging out in cemeteries. Yes. Um, we have to ensure and ask and pray. And I say, God, please ensure that my soul has descended all the way down to the extremities, into every nook and cranny of my essence and being, my physical form, my energetic form, and I am fully present, rooted and grounded in the now. And we should people before they go to a hospital to visit a loved one, this is what they have to do. Just imagine a ball of light and ask God to ensure that with complete, that you are fully present, rooted and grounded in the now. And I know that if you're visiting a loved one who is very, very sick, that sometimes, you know, it's lasting in your mind, but maybe those are the people that are most suspect. Uh, you know, I had recently two clients whose mothers, one had a stent, one um, had fallen down and had broken her hip. And, and, and she came home and she said, you know, my mother ever since she was in the hospital is so different. I don't even recognize her. And lo and behold, we have souls attached to them. You know, these are all older ladies that you would never even think would be victims, quote unquote. Right. And the next thing you know, they, you know, we do the prayer, we separate the soul and I got calls from both of them. Oh, my mom, she's back to the nice, sweet, normal self, you know, of oh, a prior beautiful. self. What a great note to end on. And I, I'm so sorry that this conversation has to complete because we're closing down, but I would love to have you back again, Sita. Yes. Um, this has been so informative, so much information, and it's, it, it's not the usual message that tends to be shared so I'm so grateful for it and for you so thank you so much you're very welcome I will say that there is also a prayer of protection a short daily prayer of protection that I added um, uh, on the website that they have access to as well perfect so reach out to Seta at www.ehealings.com 
www.thelovingmom.com. Don't forget about her webinars, the one on December 28th and the one on the 18th of January. It'll even look at, we're starting a new decade. So start the new decade a new way to uplift your life, shift it, change it. And if you have questions, just reach out to Seta through email. Um, My email is Seta at ehealings.com. Perfect. Or text and uh, well, email with your phone with your phone number, and she will get back to you. But this is a woman that um, is powerful. So if you thank have, you. Thank you're you. welcome. Thank you. Thank I'm you so for grateful. the opportunity to share because you know it, this is what is so important that we all share and we give and receive information because that's why we're supposed to be part of this community. And I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your community. I'm so grateful for you on so many levels. So I also want to thank everyone at Voice America, Matt, Robert, Jeff, Ryan, uh, Aaron for all the support, Teresa Scott Reed, my assistant, my left hand, my right hand, so grateful for her every single day. And I am eternally grateful for you, the listening audience, for taking time out of your life to participate through listening, through hopefully incorporating some of these shared tools and techniques into your life to help shift, change, enhance it, whatever it is you need. Um, But so grateful for you. And if you want to see the behind the scenes version, go to Guided Spirit Conversations on YouTube and catch the the background, you know, what happens during during break. Um, It's right before Thanksgiving, so I send you a basket full of gratitude and thanks and giving and thanksgiving to you and i look forward to catching up with you in the beginning of december right before the holidays so thank you for being with us and sending love blessings and gratitude till the next time take care Mm -hmm. 